song Redeemed in a long time. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I remember when I first learned it, and I really wanted to sing it. But there's uh, one of those Redeemed that uh, whatever note that is, my voice likes to just crack right in there. And so uh, I would go up to the church building, and I would just sing, uh, you know, with nobody there. And then it got real awkward when the preacher or somebody else walked in. I'm like, I don't want to sing anymore. Which y'all kind of gave me some flashbacks then, because when the slide didn't advance, y'all just like, I'm not singing, so I'm singing the bass part by myself. I appreciate that. Leave me out, leave me out to dry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's always, it's always fun when you, you feel like you just jumped out there with nobody else. Uh, we have a, a quick sense of insecurity then. Uh, I'm going to sit back down. Well, we, uh, uh, we've had a, uh, a great couple of lessons, not because of me, but because of the feedback I have gotten from you guys. Last couple of weeks, we have just really talked about uh, we just kind of read through the scripture, and we've talked about something that, uh, after the conversation with you guys, a lot of you uh, are in similar similar situ- situation as I am, and that while I was growing up, you didn't really feel any kind of confidence in your salvation. In fact, uh, confidence in salvation was something we thought we had to correct in other people. Here's why you shouldn't feel that way. Uh, and for a lot of you, uh, the great conversation that we have had uh, has been almost like, oh, okay, I have permission to do this. And that's why I think it's uh, important to just read Scripture and do it. And so um, to understand it and to see that Scripture is telling you uh, you can do this, not, not me. Uh, and so I, I hope that's been helpful. And a lot of, a lot of the feedback uh, has been wonderful and very helpful for me. And because of that feedback, today we are in the third sermon of this non-series. Um, <laughs> What's the saying, uh, once an accident, twice coincidence, third time's a pattern type of deal? I think that's where we're at today, is uh, we're in a pattern. Uh, but uh, like I said last week, the, the best thing you can do is give me feedback on where you are because uh, I, I just have to kind of assume some things, and uh, sometimes I may be right on, on track and sometimes not. Uh, so I wanted to, because of all the feedback, because of all the good conversation we've had, uh, just continue uh, what we have been talking about. And uh, I'll just refresh your memory really quickly. Two weeks ago, we talked about (laughs) Hebrews 4, specifically uh, this verse, which says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I I joked at the time, some of y'all didn't know this was in the Bible, did you? That we we have the ability, we, we are told in Scripture to approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, it's not about us. It's not about self-righteousness and here's how great I am, Lord. But it's about who God is, right? Okay, last week we talked about uh, Romans 5, 1 through 11. uh, And we're going to read 6 through, I think, about 10 in here. Uh, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Some of us kind of carry around the thought that uh, we have to become perfect uh, for God to want anything to do with us. And Paul says, you know what? It was the perfect time because while we were still powerless, while you were still in your sin, that's when God Send his son to die for you. And continuing on, it says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, through Jesus, okay? For if while we were God's enemies, 
we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And so that's what we talked about last week. How much more so Jesus was sent while you're in sin. That's how much God loves you. So how much more so now that you have come to Jesus, you said, I have faith, I'm putting my trust in him, I'm going to follow you, Lord. Paul says, how much more so now, after you've been reconciled to him through his, his life, shall we be saved through that life? Again, he doesn't say, because you're so awesome, way to go. He says, because of who Jesus is. And so for the last couple of weeks, the conversations have been about, well, I've always felt like, you know, I couldn't have any confidence in my salvation. I always felt like I was uh, in and out, in and out all the time uh, in one, you know, just, just on the cusp of salvation. Uh, Robert and I had a conversation after last week, and he said, I always felt like it was a tightrope act, like I was, you know, I, I was on this thing, and, but it was always kind of, you know, unstable. And our, our sense of salvation a lot of times is unstable. And really, it, it's, it's sad. But for a lot of us, what we really think in our mind, if we were pressed, is that salvation for us comes down to a timing issue. Remember I told you the joke last week about what people have joked about Church of Christ? The best time for a Church of Christ person to die is getting out of the baptistry. Hopefully you don't say a bad word on the way you know, out. But it becomes a timing issue. Our view of God is one that he is just, he's just waiting, and we might die. And sure, we always confess our sins, but we didn't that day. We just died at the wrong time. But the Bible doesn't give you that view of God. It doesn't give you that, well, you better hope. You better hope. And that's the, kind of the, the, the attitude we take with us. Oh, I just, you, you've heard it said, I just hope, right? I just hope I make it. I just hope I, I confess that last sin Hope I, hope I drown in the baptistry. I don't, can, do you have to come up first? I'm not sure um, how that works. Death, burial, and resurrection. I think you have to come up first. Can't drown unless you've already come up. But I think what we've seen the last couple of weeks is, is Scripture is telling you you can have confidence, again, because of who Jesus is, because of how much God loves you. And today, we're going to confuse you. We're going to go the other way. We're going to tell you why you can't feel that way. I'm only slightly kidding. We're going to be talking 1 John. And what we're going to do today, now I know in your bulletin, because Tammy is awesome, you have spot, a spot for notes. That might uh, need to be utilized today. I'm, I'm going to try not to go too fast, but we don't have class after this, so you are good for like, what, a couple hours? <laughs> we can make this work. Uh, but anyway, I, I, what I want to do is I want to go through 1 John, and we're going to cover a lot of scripture, but I'm going to give you some reasons why some of us have those, those feelings of insecurity, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some reasons why uh, some of us could go to Scripture and say, well, here's why you shouldn't have confidence in your salvation. Is that confusing? It should be. And it's going to be confusing for a little bit. What I want from you, by the way, this week, I want you to read back through 1 John. It's only five chapters, and they're short. But what I want you to do is to wrestle with what looks like contradictions. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going, to, we're going to take some scripture. We're going to talk about how can he say this and then say this. How does this make sense? Okay? And so just know if you feel an uneasiness or a wrestling, 
That is okay, because that is when you learn, unfortunately. Well, don't you hate that? You got to go through the hard situation, then on the other side of it, it's like, oh, man, I grew. I wouldn't do it again, <laughs> but I grew, right? And so that's kind of what we're going to view this morning. So try to stay with me. I will try not to go too fast on it, but that's what we're going to see is this, as John is writing to these people. Sometimes it sounds like you should never have confidence in your salvation, and then the other times it sounds like, who is this guy? And we're going to talk about that and I think the reasons for it. I hope it'll give you something to take notes on and think about later. All right, starting in 1 John 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. We're going to start out strong this morning. You're walking in darkness. You're, you, know, you can't walk with him, right? Because there is no darkness in him. All right? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, last couple of weeks, we've talked about this verse, haven't we? I've quoted it. Because what I've told you is where it says purifies us, that, that, that word in Greek is actually saying like a, a continual action. And what I told you is perfect people don't need continual purification. If you're already clean, as, remember when Jesus and Peter talked about that? If you're already clean, there's no sense in taking another bath, right? All right, but so he starts out with, you can't walk with him and walk in darkness. Then he says, okay, well, you walk in the light as he is in the light. Well, then you have this continual cleansing. Well, that, that necessarily means that, well, there's something to be cleansed. Okay, thank you, John, for that clarity. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Everybody, everybody got that? Any sinners in here this morning? Or am I the only one? Thank you, Cody. Cody was with me. Thank you. We're not streaming this. I didn't throw you out on, on I don't think. Or maybe we are. Okay, Donald said no. Maybe he did that for your benefit. I don't know. Maybe we are. But yeah, we know that, and that's part of our issue. That's part of the hang-ups we have about not having confidence in salvation. Because I know me, right? Like even if nobody else knows what I'm hiding or what I'm dealing with or whatever, I know me. And so I bring to Scripture an understanding that I struggle at times. I sin at times. And then we come to 1 John, and he says some strong things like this. You go, man, I don't know. And then he says, well, you know what? If you claim to be without sin... You're deceiving yourself. The truth is not in you. But he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Anybody need that today? Yeah. And it says, if we claim to have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Not only are you lying, you're claiming that he's a liar. Because he says, yeah, I know you sinned. But look as, as John continues in, in chapter 2. He says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Are you starting to hear the back and forth? Say yes if you're with me. You hear a little bit of, okay, which is it, John? Which is it? 
Okay? But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Anybody done that real well today, this week? You feel like you've attained that, that standard? Not without, not without his grace and mercy, right? Not without his purification, no. And so we come to this, and I don't, I'm like, John, is this helpful at all? If you'll just live as Jesus did, you'll be fine, right? And again, we know ourselves, and so we're like, ah, no, I'm not, I know I'm not Jesus. I know I have struggles. Yeah, we read about Jesus, Jesus being tempted. I am too, and sometimes I give in to those things. So what do we do with that? 1 John chapter 3, even more helpful. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Everybody on shaky ground now? You had confidence last two weeks have been good. Now you come in here and I'm, I'm taking it out from under you. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. All right, if you didn't feel the back and forth now or before now, you do now. That's what's happening. Back and forth, back and forth. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Feel any better now? Okay. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. You devil people, right? It's the way it feels like. Come on, John, let up. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. And we all feel very badly right now. And we're all going to be rebaptized here in a little bit. We're going we're to put ourselves through the cold too because we, we're that bad. We just need to be, no, we're going to suffer through this one. Isn't it interesting? But then John says, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Interesting how he hones in on the love of brother and sister. Then in chapter 5, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Everybody feeling good, right? Oh, okay, John. Thank you. I know I sin. I know I haven't achieved a level that Jesus has achieved. I know I don't live to that standard. So how in the world are you writing these things so that I will know that I have eternal life? I'm going to tell you in just a minute. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin, wait, hold up. A brother or sister? I thought we couldn't sin. I thought brothers and sisters didn't sin, right? If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, well, hold on just a second. How many of you have ever said a sin's a sin? Come on. I know you have. That's not an assumption I have to go for. I know you did. I have too. And John says, if you see a sin, if you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose, whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. 
I am not saying that you should pray about that. Now, the, the crazy thing is, is John doesn't explain that. So we're going, okay, well, what you talking about, John? But you can see he's got, you know, something, something on his mind here, right? That there is this other sin. Um, the, the thing we get in our mind, and the reason I said you've probably said a sin is a sin, uh, we've kept that with us. But if you go and read Scripture, actually, if you, if you look at the things that, uh, that God says, like you're in and out, like you are out because of this, that list is very, very small. Do we sin? Yes. Does it mean you're out immediately? No, it does not. And that's what John is telling you right now. You see a uh, brother or sister have this sin that doesn't lead to death, well, pray for them, and God will give them life. You know, that's, that's part of the, the, the Christian life, ups and downs, struggle, no struggle. But there is a sin that, that leads to death, and he even says, I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is a sin that does not lead to death, if you wanted to see that again. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin again, right? The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. Now, how in the world does John say verse 16 and verse 18 in just a matter of a breath? That in 16 he could say, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin, and then in 18 he says, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. So we have some, some options here. This Bible contradiction. We're doing, if you remember our rule of life, when I talked about that here all three or four weeks ago, one of the parts of the rule of life was reading scripture. The the other part that was associated was study, like a deep study. Because sometimes, you know, we kind of carry some kind of crazy mottos with us, but I just want a plain reading of Scripture. I just want a literal reading of Scripture. Well, what did our plain reading of Scripture get us this morning? Shakiness, uneasiness, John, hurry up and tell me why this isn't the case type of deal. Yeah, okay, so sometimes it takes deeper study, and that's what we're going to talk about. So three options of what you can do with what we've just read this morning. I like that. I mean, what, what I do with this. Number one, John simply contradicts himself. Do you think that? Do you think that John just didn't know he said verse 16 when he wrote verse 18, which, by the way, was you know, just a sentence or two. He didn't write verses in there. You know, I forgot I told him they couldn't sin, and then I told him this. Do you think that? No, I don't think so. Number two, you could just say, I think John has something else in mind which, by the way, is, is what I think. And number three, we could just ignore it and proof text it. Everybody know what proof texting is? Uh, a lot of us, I, I put this in here because I'm like, well, that's kind of how we do things sometimes. Proof texting is uh, what a lot of you are kind of used to. It's not always bad. Let me just throw that out there. Uh, Preaching-wise, uh, you go and hear a sermon, and you hear 50 verses quoted, right? And they're all over the Bible. You know, they're put, put together into this, you know, this sermon from all different places. Now, the problem can be, uh, did I quote it correctly? I'm saying God said this from this verse. Well, is that actually what he was saying? Because sometimes we do that uh, well, and sometimes we say, well, here's where he said, and uh, you go back and read, he's like, that's not what he's talking about at all. And so what we could do is we could just ignore the whole thing, you could decide, I can't be secure in salvation. I'm going to pick out some of those verses John read this morning. And I could say, yeah, you can. I'm going to pick up verses from the same guy and go the other way. And that's how we do that. We grab, we grab those texts and we say, here's where the Bible says. 
and then we remove that from its whole context. So we don't take the whole picture. We just take out little bits. You understand? And a lot of us, that's how we were, uh, that's how we were raised. Kind of the sermons were structured that way. Here, 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 here. Okay? And some of you probably prefer that right now because yeah, that's what you've known. Um, but, but that's an option there is we can, we can proof text. And, and what I was saying there is we could just do it wrong. You know, we could just say that and not uh, pay attention to the rest of, uh, of the context. So here's where I want you to make a note if you're, if you're doing that. 1 John 3, here is the key to what I believe John is saying. We've already read this verse. But notice as he says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Now, how in the world can John say in one moment, uh, those in Christ cannot sin, do not continue to sin, you're of the devil, and then say, hey, you do sin. If you say you don't sin, you're a liar. Well, if you say you don't sin, you're saying God's a liar. And so we're holding all of these different things at once. And what, what John has said here, and, and you, can, you can notice if you go back and read the whole book, that John talks about a lot of things, including like uh, the Antichrist, which is someone who is just against Christ, who denies who Jesus is. That's, that's who an Antichrist is. And so what he says there, sin is lawlessness. And so when we read that John says, hey, there's a sin that leads to death and sins that do not lead to death. This is the key. Sin is lawlessness. The sin I believe John is talking about here is a sin of deciding I don't care about the rules. I don't care about Jesus. I am going to live my life the way I want to live it. It's not a, oh, I stumbled this week in that thing I struggle with. It is, I have decided not to follow Jesus. No turning back. <laughs> no, I'm not going to But I have decided not to follow Jesus. So lawlessness, I am not under the law. That is why John can say all of those things because he has something else in mind. He has a sin that leads to death. And though he will tell you all these things, and this is how you can know, is because um, I have decided that I'm going to follow Jesus, and I want to follow him. That is not lawlessness. That is stumbling. That is understanding I do sin, and I'm not calling him a liar, and I know I sin. Okay? Now, I wanted to put this up here because I, th I hope it's helpful. The feeling you have that makes you feel anxious about your salvation, maybe some of you are feeling that right now, is the same feeling that should assure you of your salvation. You know why? Because you care. Because you are concerned about your standing before God. And so sometimes that, that feeling you have, oh, I don't know where I am, uh, it can completely be a negative thing, and you need to read more scripture about having confidence, again, in who God is. But that feeling that you're having, wondering, am I in, am I out type of thing, why don't you think about that as uh, the Holy Spirit working in you, wanting to make that relationship better with God? And that is not a sin of lawlessness. That is deciding to follow Jesus. Okay? Now, I told you I had a bunch of conversations with a bunch of different people, including my wife. Well, she was getting ready to go to Bible study, and she just uh, read her chapter and everything. She says, I need to show you this quote uh, from Jeannie Allen's book, 
And it was something along these lines. I said, hold up just a second. And I pulled out my phone and opened my notes. And I said, look, I had this before you did this. Okay, before you told me, I already had this down. So you go to that Bible study and you tell those ladies that I had it before Jeannie Allen told me. But it was right around the same thing. And so I listened to things like that. You ever had a, or taught a class and then you go to the sermon, the sermon's over the same thing? I, like, I don't believe in coincidence like that. I believe that, that God is saying, y'all need to learn something here. And I'm going to try to teach you. And so what I hope you take from this is you feel this back and forth. You feel this wrestling that John has almost just as we read through those scriptures this morning. But what I want to say is if you're feeling, oh, man, I don't know, this is what I want you to think about. That feeling is, is one that, that helps draw us closer to God, that I want to be in right standing with God. And again, that is not lawlessness. That is, that is a faith in God and a desire uh, to live with Him. Again, as we've talked over this non-series, <laughs> I've, I've mentioned um, it's all about attitude. Again, a, an attitude that I don't come before God as someone, hey, God, you owe me. You know, we don't, we don't look at this and say, oh, I have confidence because of. Or I will go on sinning, but, and John said, you know, if I feel a little bad about it, that means I am saved. That, that's, that's, a, that's a different attitude, isn't it? And so what Scripture is saying, you need to follow God. You need to walk in the light as he is in the light. And if you do that, if you get up when you stumble, the blood of Christ, he is faithful to purify you of that thing. And so you can have confidence in his faithfulness to us and his ability to take away all of our sin. And that's where we get our confidence. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen, church? One more time. Amen. And then if we claim we have not sinned, we've made him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And the reason I think he can say both of those is because he's talking about the sin of lawlessness where I have decided to go away from him. My dear, dear children, I write this to you that, that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That as you sin, as you stumble, as you have issues in your life, it's not God erasing you off of a whiteboard. It's not you falling off of a highline wire. It's not God with an eraser over the book of life. Jesus stands before you and the Father and says, I took care of that. Amen? Amen. He stands as an advocate between us and God saying, no, they're mine. I took care of that. And that's the way I can walk in confidence. Not in who I am or what I have done because we know all the bad stuff, don't we? I think it takes a very arrogant person to, to walk in confidence about what, what we have done. But we know who God is and what he has done. So I just want to encourage you this morning to, uh, if that relationship is not what it needs to be, hey, let's make it, make it that right now. Confess those sins. That, that's part of this whole deal. We do confess. We feel bad when we, when we fall. We don't just get up and say, yeah, whatever. We get up and we confess our sins. He is faithful because of that. So this morning, make sure that relationship is right, and that's where you stand with God. 
as Jesus between you and him saying, I got it. So if you have any needs this morning, we'd love to pray with you. Uh, We'd love to uh, watch you begin that uh, walk with him and be baptized. But if, uh, if we can do anything for you, would you come as we stand and sing? To Canaan's land 